This is the voice of contract management presented by the law firm of Kroll & Mooring exclusively for NCMA. Stay up to date on all things contract management five minutes at a time. Our team at Kroll & Mooring presents these podcasts to keep you up to speed on a bi-monthly basis. We will cover everything from regulatory updates to crucial changes that affect government contracting. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Yuan Zhou. And we're going to start with Yuan, who has an update on commercial item determination. Yuan, over to you. Peter, I'll kick things off with a recent rulemaking. On April 28th, the DOD issued a DFARS final rule to treat a previously awarded contract using FAR Part 12 procedures as a commercial item determination for the acquired product or service. Unless, of course, the head of contracting activity determines that the prior use of FAR Part 12 procedures was improper or is no longer appropriate. Now, this rule implements Section 848 of the NDAA for fiscal year 2018, and it applies to DOD contracts regardless of dollar value. So in other words, the award of a FAR Part 12 contract can now serve as a future CID, which will hopefully streamline acquisitions for certain products and services. Peter, over to you. Thanks, Yuan. So next topic is inflation and something that is top of mind for a lot of contractors these days. And to that end, we'll report on one brief development. On May 2nd, DOD responded to questions from the Hill regarding the effects of inflation on DOD's budget. In the May letter, DOD explained that in formulating its 2023 budget proposal, it paid special attention to inflation concerns, including concerns expressed by contractors. While DOD acknowledged that variables outside of its control could affect the markets and cause prices to increase, DOD noted its belief that it presently has, has the tools to keep its priorities on track and pledge to work with Congress if additional flexibility becomes necessary. DOD did not definitively answer which programs, which contracts have experienced the most or the least inflation, but recognized that open quote, vendors may seek to recoup losses from previous fixed price contracts in future bids, close quote because most current fixed price contracts don't contain economic price adjustment clauses. DOD explained that for new contract negotiations, it's working with all buying commands to determining when inserting those economic price adjustment clauses would be appropriate. DOD confirmed that it has not yet received any requests for equitable adjustment or requests for prior approval or internal programming caused by inflation nor has DOD developed any specific legislative proposals or identified any required legal authorities that would be necessary to address current concerns beyond those that it already has. But we do understand that there may be some additional guidance coming from DOD shortly, uh, and we'll obviously be looking out for that. Next, back to you on. Thanks, Peter. I'm going to turn to two False Claims Act matters. First up, on May 6th, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of New Jersey announced that a contractor agreed to an $800,000 settlement of alleged violations of the FCA. The settlement resolved allegations that between January 2012 to January 2017, the contractor's employees purchased electronic and luxury items for personal use and then charged those items against a government contract. Allegations also included misconduct by employees who provided some of those improperly purchased items 
in addition to sporting event tickets and other items of value to government officials in an attempt to obtain favorable treatment. The DOJ also filed an FCA suit against a company and its owner in the District Court of Maryland on May 2nd. According to the allegations, the company coordinated with then DHS Executive Director of the Office of Management Integration to steer a DHS contract to the company with the intent that the Executive Director would then later subcontract with the company to act as a strategic advisor following his departure from DHS. Now, the DHS former employee allegedly had awareness of the governing conflict of interest rules that would prevent this individual from acting in such a capacity for at least a year following his departure from DHS, and the company allegedly also concealed his involvement on the DHS contract. So these updates just demonstrate the government's continued focus on and enforcement of contractor misuse of funds and conflicts of interest. Peter, back to you. So following on that trend of enforcement priorities, we're going to talk briefly about the Service Contract Act, which is a big focus area for the Department of Labor and other agencies. On May 5th, GAO released Senate testimony summarizing its review of the Department of Labor's enforcement cases against contractors that violated the Service Contract Act. Following its review, GAO concluded that DOL lacks a sufficient strategic plan for optimizing resources to resolve those Service Contract Act cases. In its report, GAO found that the DOL failed to properly share SCA violation data with contracting agencies, thus resulting in contracts being awarded to companies that otherwise should not receive federal contracts due to those violations. GAO also found that DOL had insufficiently analyzed available data regarding the effectiveness of different types of enforcement actions. Based on interviews with DOL officials, GAO also learned of several challenges the DOL has encountered in enforcing penalties due to lengthy litigation and the ability of contractors to start a new business under a new name in order to obtain federal contracts. GAO made various recommendations that the DOL generally concurred with, including that the DOL analyze its use of enforcement tools and seek to enhance its work in that area. So this remains an area of heightened scrutiny. You know, just to illustrate that, um, in the last day or two, Department of Labor issued a press release noting that it had debarred a contractor because of FCA violations. So certainly something to keep an eye on. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Contract Management, brought to you by Kroll & Mooring exclusively for NCMA. Stay tuned for our next episode as we continue to discuss all things government contracting. In the meantime, explore your learning opportunities at www.ncmahq.org slash course catalog.